Welcome to the only podcast that can be described as a high five to the face. You are locked in to the open source. Move aside Open University. Tom and I are joined today by Jotvir from University of Oxford, said business school. Welcome, Jotvir. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. We always start the show with headline of the week, and I'm just going to share my screen and get screen and get straight into it today. Given that we've got a little bit of an education theme going on, we're looking at this article in The Guardian, which basically talks about, you know, there's a whole young generation of young adults and, and you know, young children who are currently learning at home. And I read a different article that actually described them as the lost generation. They've almost lived through a warlike scenario here where their education has been interrupted. And particularly, you know, kids in their formative years or young adults who are about to make those big life decisions about, you know, which university they go to, or even if they're at university, what do they do after university? What's their career going to be? And has their upbringing and their education been hounded by, you know, lack of face-to-face interaction? Or in fact, is the digital classroom the way forward? Jot Fear, have you got any thoughts on this one? Obviously, you you know, you work in a university, so there must have been a big upheaval in education at Oxford in, in terms of digital or not this year. Absolutely. So um, the school itself, uh, Site Business School, University of Oxford, has gone through a massive uh, digital transformation program. And I think COVID has definitely been responsible for that. Um, But I think generally as consumers um, across uh, society, we we become more, I think, socially conditioned to to operate in a a more technology-rich environment. People are just more receptive to applications and platforms. I recently saw the news, um, and it's highlighted in this article, uh, about primary school students using apps like uh, Class Dojo um, to mimic classroom environments and and, um, communities. And then at our school, you have young adults and mature students who use Zoom and Teams for synchronous learning. Um, so I think generally we, there's uh, more of a, a raised expectations in society, raised standards that we have, and a familiarity with technologies. And I think what we're going to see is continued innovation in, in, in that area. Um, so in a post-COVID world, I think what we're going to do is continue to embrace that. So uh, it's likely that we're going to see more blended learning models uh, of teaching. So post-lockdown, um, we do have face-to-face teaching. We might see more uh, remote digital platforms supporting in-person uh, teaching, classroom teaching. Um, and there's this whole concept um, with, uh, about the flipped classroom. It's a pedagogical approach where the traditional teaching is you have someone in the classroom teaching you lecture as a, as a lecture sort of format, and then you go home and do your homework. What we may see is uh, a different approach where uh, students are having homework activities online at home, um, consuming, you know, lectures through videos. And then when they go back to the classroom, they might see, uh, have the benefit of peer-to-peer learning, you know, more uh, opportunity to ask questions about what they've learned and engage with the other students. Yeah, and I think one of the things that is sort of coming to the forefront of this conversation, and never mind the possible options, but is this notion of the digital divide, right? That, that students have got different access levels to technology, which can hinder their own education, but also the fact that different schools at all levels, right, from, from higher education all the way down to primary education, and, and not just in the UK, by the way, have got different levels of technology, both uh, available to them and the skill set to operate them to administer learning in a different way, right? So 
So at the moment, because it's kind of been forced on everybody rather than been a more natural progression to that, we've got this, we've got this divide. What are, what are your thoughts on how, how do we solve that? For me, access to education, um, information is, is very important. And at Side Business School, we are very much uh, aligned and supportive of students who, who, who need laptops, who need equipment, and, and we do distribute that um, as needed. But I think that within the UK, just generally for education as a whole, there, there are you know, communities who are disadvantaged or social mobility cold spots. These are areas where access to education is, is difficult. Um, so uh, the divide is bigger. So I think we need to be more working more closely with councils and, and, and those areas to, to make sure that um, there, there is uh, more support for them. I know you have a personalised platform, um, uh, uh, Aqua, previously known as Aqualift. I think there's a name change there now. This platform uh, helps get the right information to the right person at the right time. And, and what we're looking to do is creatively link that in um, to identify people from you know, social mobility, cold spots, those disadvantaged areas, to give them the right information to support access to education. So, for example, if you are from a disadvantaged group, wouldn't it be great if you visit the, the website and, and then you see um, information about fees and funding? I think there's more we can do to creatively to use technology to support uh, communities um, and, and, and definitely um, assist people in that way. I assume you guys, um, this is going to be a bit of peacocking now, I assume you guys are university educated? Yes. Have you seen the culture of universities change, the stigma of it change quite a lot, especially given what's happened recently? Because do you remember student union bars, the kind of the whole, the whole element of uni was, it's kind of a lesson in life. Has digital caused a change there? So I think... Well, in terms of widening participation, there is a whole agenda about you know, inclusivity. But I think what you are speaking to is the social element um, yeah. of universities, that, that whole um, face-to-face interaction, the engagement, um, and how does that happen now online? Because it's our, also our responsibility to, to support them in, uh, through social isolation as well. Um, it's not just about teaching and learning. As an organization, we've embraced you know, really cool technologies and, and, and platforms that um, mimic social networks. Um, and they've been embedded in our virtual learning environment. So, you know, using that sort of approach, they've been conditioned to, to understand it better. So it'll be something that they will take, hopefully take to really well and, and be able to engage with, with each other and, and support one another um, through, through this, this current climate. But being at school and university um, is, is completely different to how it is now. And I was actually, previously, yesterday I was thinking um, when, I was, when I was at school, uh, year seven, secondary school, um, my, my experience of, of digital was very minimum and the only the only um sort of uh technology we actually engaged with uh was at break time when when it was raining and you couldn't play football you'd go to the library to play um snakes on the computer yeah i remember that, I remember that. <laughs> you used to go to ict class and it'd be like now we want you to create a word document it's like oh my god kill me now <laughs> like how basic it was and i look at you know my four-year-old on a tablet going oh yeah i'm just gonna go to youtube and watch this video i'm like i couldn't do that when i was four but I'm always conscious, like I have a 10-month daughter and she can unlock my phone. Um, and that just speaks for my password <laughs> at the moment. So I, I sometimes think, uh, you know, we are potentially conditioning younger generations to become consumers. We definitely want them to be developers and produce products, right? When my little one is, is uh, crying and then I'm putting on a YouTube video and, she, and that, that's when she settles. But, um, and then, then my thought is, oh, I'm, 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 you know, it's great that this is helping, but what I would like to do is, you know, um, encourage her to, to use technology in a different way where 
she could um, possibly you know create things, develop things um, rather than just consume. In a in a parallel to the consumer world, then I think this notion of a you know student experience, which which you know in a university goes beyond just the teaching element, right? So this this must trans- transcend teaching to also you know the halls of residences that students are in, and you know how they register for their courses, how they go from being a prospective student to when they actually start university, and then also when they you know move into their you know alum phase as well. So how's that all changed? For side business, definitely, I, I can speak for that. Is is um, we we've been in a relatively good position. We have a very technology rich environment. We have applications. It's almost like our our uh, chief information officer had a crystal ball, and and he had we we had all this you know technology set up right, um, software as a as a service agreements arrangements. So we were able to scale and adapt very quickly. So the question became more that more more than you know when we when we hit lockdown uh, more. More than you know, what technologies and systems do we need? Is how do we exploit them to support the student journey from the acquisition to the you know the learning experience all the way to alumni and potentially um, to re-engage with the organisation as well. Again, another plug into Acro Lift is we're working on a project where we can uh, you know engage students who interact with the, the the our learning environment and serve them specific information when they visit the website. And so for example, if a student engages with a, a module in relation to climate change, when they possibly go back to the website, they might see thought leadership content in relation to climate change. The student journey has remained the same. Um, what we want to be able to do is, is definitely um, enhance their, their user experience online. Um, and then as a university also, we, we, we started business school, our strapline is, um, you know, world challenges Oxford answers. So it's not only about teaching, uh, we also have our thought leadership, which we put out wider across the world and, and we get involved uh, to, to respond to world challenges like climate change, Black Lives Matter, um, uh, COVID-19. So there's a lot of content that comes from um, our academics, our faculty, our staff, which we want to share with the wider world. And it's important that that reaches. So there's all of that piece that goes on as well. Changing topics a little bit then, I'm keen to explore what our... Uh, university lives were like a little bit. I thought this through in my head and I wasn't going to say it because it made me sound really old, but it's actually quite true, isn't it? So when I graduated just after the turn of the century, um, <laughs> 21, how did that happen? Anyway, uh, I went to the School of Engineering at Leeds, but uh, I did aviation technology. So I was part of the Aviation Society. There was definitely that in-person culture. It was less digital. We we used to do this thing called the Otley Run. Now, the Otley Road runs all the way down from, guess what, Otley into the centre of Leeds. There were 21 bars from there to town. And if you made it all the way to the end, you were some kind of local hero. Now, I feel like students today are a bit more sensible than we were then, particularly when it comes to drinking and that sort of stuff. But what were your student experiences like? It all seems so long ago, um, and and it's really interesting. I'm really showing my age right now, but when I went to university, again, it was it was it was all about engaging, you know, speaking with friends, colleagues, um, going out, clubbing, what <laughs> was a thing then, um, and and of course you have none of that. Um, so I, I feel like I'm going to be when I speak to my daughter, I'm going to be saying, in my days we used to do this. In my days we had that because the world's going to be a very different place in the future. Um, but yeah, it's it's very close to, to similar to, to your experiences, uh, Tom. It was great, fun fun times. I, I was in a halls of residence. I went to Solent University, 
but I remember the, how frugal everyone was, you know, with everything. And I remember staying at uh, in the halls of residence and just having a tub of Nesquik, which was my for hydration, <laughs> for hydration, <laughs> and like loads of uh, pot noodles. But I also remember, and I'll, I'll never forget it. I went into the kitchen with everyone there, and I saw this guy tipping a tin of vegetable soup through his hands so he could catch the vegetables. So he had two meals. <laughs> so he had the soup and then he had the vegetables. <laughs> That's the craziest thing ever. Right. Just to prove that I wasn't lying. There are all the bars. Oh, this, wow. This, this oh, is the actual T-shirt that I wore. And anybody who's a Leeds alum will recognise a lot of those places. I think I was too busy spending my grant money on a Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was that was a um, walk down memory lane. <laughs> Let's talk technology for a bit, though. So what are you looking to get your hands on, either personally, you know, I want that device, or professionally, you know, I really want to implement that solution, I want to do, you know, use that application. What, what are you looking at at the moment, Joppe? The whole personalization of the user experience, the end-to-end, and orchestrating that journey to, to not um, only re-engage with our courses, um, but to add value to that experience. So that's something that's very much interesting to me. And hopefully we're going to be progressing that um, this year. And, and personally, uh, on a personal level, I'm looking forward to the, the, the new PlayStation. It's not new anymore, is it? Um, but it's, it's something that... Unobtainable, unobtainable basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recently bought a Oculus Quest 2 VR headset, which you don't need a PC to run. Other headsets are available, by the way. Um, Except and, if you're listening from Oculus and you want to send us one, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but they, um, it is incredible. I, I was, I've, yeah, and that made me think. Going back to the uni thing and education thing, there are some things on the um, the marketplace when you're in that virtual reality world where yeah. you can actually go and do some online lessons and learn how to learn how to do loads of things practically. And you've got use of your hands as hand tracking. And it really is absolutely mind-blowing. So I totally recommend it. Um, I'll happily play along with that until the PlayStation 5 is available in the UK. <laughs> so have you have you got one of those videos, James, that you see loads of people where they get a bit carried away and they end up falling over? Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, and the motion sickness thing is a can sometimes happen. Yeah, I have, I have punched myself in the face a few times. <laughs> so we are getting towards the end of our time together. And we always try and do something to, to close out as well, Jock Bear. And I haven't, I haven't pre-warned you about this on purpose, but one of the things that we're trying to do is bring some positivity to the world. The past couple of podcasts, we've asked people what they're most looking forward to in 2021. And now there's the, there's the obvious ones of, you know, seeing friends and family, which I, you know, I usually go straight to. Is there something that you are looking forward to maybe um, this year, getting back to or, or that's up and coming? I think, you know, working uh, in lockdown has definitely uh, affected work-life balance. And I'm feeling really exhausted all the time, um, have, being a new dad, having a lockdown. Is that the word? Lockdown baby? Um, a baby yeah. born during lockdown. Um, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to is, is uh, you know, sharing that responsibility uh, with, with friends, family, um, and having some time to myself to, to chill out, relax, and play some PlayStation I heard on your first podcast about, you know, working remotely, uh, working from home um, and, and how that's affected people. Um, you know, people do a lot more and yeah. listening to that and actually reflecting on saying, you know, what I do do. It is exhausting because you want to add more value. And, and when you've got an entire organization adding value 
you're adding value all times of the day and there's email exchanges firing every time. So I think for me, I, I, I would just really welcome a break and, and just chillax, um, possibly go on holiday. That's right. Yeah, because even if you take time off work as, you know, paid time off or, or holiday leave or whatever, you can't, you can't go anywhere, can you, James? No, that's right. That's what I've just had for the last two weeks. <laughs> I've been off for two weeks and I, I, what am I going to do? <laughs> what did you do? Uh, I spent the whole time in VR world. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time to have an Oculus, to be honest. Yeah, I've been literally living in a virtual reality world, looking after my daughter during the day and in the evening. I'm in the Matrix, basically. But you didn't yeah, go to the VR world to do work, did you? No, God no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you were in the Matrix, then James, was it red pill or blue pill? I'd always take um, the the red ones because I think it's a double bluff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's all we've got time for this week. Massive thanks to Jock Beer for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed it and uh, we will see you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Jock Beer. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.